<laughs> okay, week, week 14 is over. Week 14 was good. A lot of big games. We had a lot of good games. Um, we got some things to get into. We got some things to get into. We're going into week 15, college football 4. We all set. The bowl games are ready. We, we got a lot to get into, y'all. And also, don't forget, my top 10 list, my weekly top 10 list. We do this on a weekly basis. I got Kansas City. I got New England. I got Saints and 49ers. I have Cowboy Talk, Eagle Talk. Y'all ready? Are y'all ready? Let's go. Come on. Okay, so we're back. Let me do my hand up. We're back. So, I, we, if, if, like I say, I say this every week after every Sunday. If you are a regular listener, you know what time it is. You know it's time for Isaiah's top 10 teams going into the following week. You know what time it is. But if you're not a, lis- a regular listener, then... This is the time where I give and provide you guys with my top 10 teams in the NFL going into whatever week it is. This would be week 15. So I've been consistent with this. I I, I spend a lot of time studying and somewhat game planning to make this list. I, I work very diligent to come up with this list. So without further ado... Let's get to my top 10 teams going into week 15. My top 10 teams for week 14 going into week 15. So, let's go. So at 10, I have the Titans. The Tennessee Titans. Since, since Ryan Tannehill has, since Ryan Tannehill has taken over, since Ryan Tannehill has taken over since week 8, I think that is. Titans are first 7-1. They're 7-1. And they're first and second in just about every statistical category that there is offensively. They're first and second in all of those categories since Ryan Tannehill has taken over. He's led the league in passing yards. He's been playing phenomenal. And I never questioned his talent. He was just in a bad situation down in Miami. But Tennessee, they have a they have a solid defense, solid run game. I like Tennessee and they I, I don't know if they can beat out the Steelers to get that last playoff spot. I mean, they're just hoping that the Steelers lose a game, but 
I, I like Tennessee. I'm a I'm a huge fan of Tennessee, and it seems like Tennessee does does this every year, where they 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 start off somewhat slow. They start off two and four and three and four, and then all of a sudden they just turn around and they find themselves in the playoffs. The Titans at ten. I I, I like this team. They have emerged these last few weeks. Um, at nine the Bills. Like I said, the Bills great story. Um, they've had a tough schedule. They, they play New England twice. They've played Baltimore. They've played Philly. They've played Dallas. They, they have, they've had a tough schedule this year. It has not been easy sled, easy sledding for this team. They've played Pittsburgh. They've played a lot of tough and stiff competition this year. And they're 9 and 4. They're probably going to finish second in the division. And they'll probably get a playoff spot, but they, they have they, this is a good story. One of the best defenses in football. This team is really built for the road. I, like, if you need a road win, I feel like Buffalo can get you a road win, a tough earned road win because they play excellent defense. They can run the football, and Josh Allen, you know, he's starting to make plays with his arm. He's making plays down the field with his arm. Buffalo at nine. At eight, I have the Packers. The Packers, yes, I know they're ten and three, but I just don't see like the wow factor with this team. I don't see that wow factor that just say automatically say, "Oh my gosh, this team is a Super Bowl contender." And they, they I mean, they they are Super Bowl contenders. But I don't know how serious I'm, I'm taking them. You can tell that I'm not taking them very serious with, I, when I, with me having them at eight. I think they're a good team. But if you look at their losses, first, look at their losses. Their losses have came against teams that can ground and pound the football. So that, that, that's a big key. To, for me, that's a big key because the playoff teams in the NFC – are power football teams. Minnesota, they run the ball. Seattle, they want to run the ball. Dallas, they want to run the ball. Uh, San Francisco, they want to run the ball. These are power football teams, and Green Bay doesn't match up. Green Bay doesn't match up. Green Bay does not match up. And if you look at their wins, their wins, most of their wins have came against subpar quarterbacks. It's a bunch of Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins and Brandon Allen and Chicago. It's a bunch of those. Mitch Trubisky. It's a bunch of those in there. I mean, if you look at them victories, it's a bunch of those W's in there. And look at their losses. 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo. Philly, Carson Wentz. Like, look at their losses. They have a bunch of, and look at their wins. They have a bunch of victories Against subpar quarterbacks. Don't want to spend too long in Green Bay, though. Green Bay at 8. At 7, I have the Vikings. I feel like I like the Vikings more. I trust the Vikings more. I feel like the Vikings have more of a wow factor. Stephon Diggs on one side. Adam Thielen, when they get him back healthy, on the other side. Along with Kyle Rudolph, who has evolved. He's evolved as a pass blocker and as a run blocker. Um, more so than being a receiving threat. As he's aged, Dalvin Cook is the is the is the hit is the head of the snake. 
He's having a phenomenal season this year. And Kirk Cousins has not been playing. He's not been playing. He's not been bad. Playing bad. Kirk Cousins has been good this year. I like this Minnesota team. I like what they have defensively. Uh, they have a nice, favorable schedule coming down the stretch. Only one away game in these last three games. One away game in these last three games. Nice, favorable schedule for Minnesota. Next week, they have Green Bay at home. That is going to be a big game. If Whoever wins that game essentially will probably win the NFC North. But I have the Vikings at seven. At six, the Patriots. Um, I had the Patriots at six. I, 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 I've been telling you guys this all year. New England, they struggle offensively. And I said this going into the game last week against Kansas City. I was like, I think Kansas City is going to be able to crack 24. If Kansas City crack, if you're, if you're a team and you, and you crack 24, 26 on New England, you're going to win because they can't score. They, they can't generate and calculate enough points to score. And now their defense was playing lights out through the first eight weeks of the season. But now, ever since they ran into Lamar, their defense has taken a step back. So, with a struggling offense, and now your defense can't hold teams to like 10 points, it's a problem in New England. I'm not ready to give up on them, but... New England at six. At five, I have the Chiefs. The Chiefs, they're clicking. Uh, they're clicking on all cylinders. They have a lot of sizzle. The Chiefs have a lot of sizzle. They have a lot of sizzle with their play. But I don't know if they can get down and dirty. I don't know if they can get down and dirty, dirty and rough and rugged like the Ravens can. I don't think they're that physical of a team. Now, they got, they went to New England and got a victory, but I was not very impressed. And I'm going to tell you why in the next segment, but I was not very impressed with the victory. But the headline looks good. But I, 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 I like this Kansas City team, but I just don't know how sustainable their sizzle is. They got a lot of pop and flash, but I don't know how sustainable it is. Kansas City at five, though. At four, I have the Seahawks. Okay. The Seahawks coming off a bad loss or a good... They're coming off a loss, a tough loss to the Rams. The Rams are not a bad team. The Rams are only... They're only the NFC champions. Like, the Rams went to the Super Bowl last year. The Rams, the Rams are not a bad team. They're 8-5. and five. They're still in the playoff. Seattle, tough injury to Bashad Penny. But I think they will bounce back. I think they'll bounce back. I think they'll, um, I don't know if they'll win a division. But I still like the Seattle team. Just a tough night. You all, Teams, every team has, you know, have one of those nights where everything just goes wrong and nothing goes right. And what that was the, that was Sunday night for the, for the Seahawks. Seattle at four, I'm not going to overreact. At three, I have the Saints. Despite them losing... I did like what I saw. I, I, I like what I saw, and quite frankly, they were playing against a 49er team that's that was more that was like more hungry. You know, the 49ers needed that victory a little bit more because they can't really fall off. They can't really have losses here and there. They can't have back-to-back -back losses. They can't suffer back-to-back -back losses. 
with how tight their division is with Seattle and they're battling out for that for home field advantage. It's really big and tough for for San Francisco these next coming weeks. And they cannot afford a loss. But the Saints, I still like the Saints. Uh, they're, they're, I, I, I think they're the NFC version of the Patriots. But they can score more points. They don't struggle to score more points. But they don't have a deep threat. They don't have a guy that's going to beat you for 60 yards. But they can score points. So that's why I'm not so worried and concerned about the Saints. Because they can score points. They don't, have, they don't have an electrifying guy that can just burn you down the field 60 yards. But they are not incapable of scoring points. They can score. New Orleans at three. At two, the 49ers. I mean, hey, we may not like we may not love Jimmy G, but he's playing well this season. 25 touchdowns to 11 interceptions, over 300, over 3,000 passing yards. He's completing 70% of his throws. He's playing well. I mean, he does have a great defense. He does have a great coach. He does have a great running game. But I mean, you're quite frank. You need that to win Super Bowls. So get off the Jimmy G's case. He's been playing well. He only, I think he'll only get better as time goes on. But give Jimmy G a break. Everybody just this, just everybody just gets on Jimmy G. But the defense gave up 46 points. Jimmy G scored 48. Thank Jimmy G for the victory this week. 49ers at two. Love that team. And at one, you probably guessed it. Yes, the Ravens. I think we're now going on two months where I have had the Ravens number one. I think we're going on two months where I have declared them as the best team in the NFL. They're averaging 33.6 points per game, I think. Um, they're number one in total offense. They're number one in rush offense. They're number one in every, just about every offensive stat. And their defense is playing much more aggressive since the acquisition of Marcus Peters because now they have three good corners, Jimmy Smith, Marlon Humphrey, and now Marcus Peters. So they're, they're, they're able to play much more aggressive than what they were early in the season, and now they have fixed their defensive problems. I really like this Ravens team. We had them at number, they, we had them at number one for two months now. What more can we say about them? This is my top 10. Baltimore at number one. They have beaten most of these teams on my list. Baltimore at number one. They keep flying. Baltimore, those Ravens, they keep on flying. Baltimore at one. Line coming into well coming into this week and going into week 15 and week 14 has passed and oh Kansas City they beat New England and as you as you heard and as I said in my uh, in the previous segment where I was doing my top 10 and discussing my top 10 I had 
announced that I was not very impressed with the Kansas City Chiefs when um, against the Patriots at New England at Foxborough. And you're like, and you're probably like, Isaiah, what, 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 why aren't you? What, what, they, the the Chiefs, they went up the, they went up the Foxborough and they snapped New England's 21 game win streak at home. Uh, okay, um, streaks are meant to be broken. Okay, streaks first. Streaks are meant to be broken. Second, this was a New England team with no off no offense whatsoever. But the reason why I, I wasn't very impressed is, first, yeah, they won. A win is a win. But they shouldn't have won like that. I, I had them winning by 10 or 15 points. They, 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 first, Kansas City scored three points in the, first, in the second half. They scored three points in the second half. So you know what that means? That means New England gave up 20 in the first half. New England defense and Bill Belichick came in halftime. Came in with a game plan, made adjustments, and Kansas City couldn't score no more. They couldn't score. They couldn't score whatsoever in the second half. They had multiple calls that the refs whiffed on, but Kansas City got away with. Can't You can't rely and bet on that all the time. Secondly, oh, well, thirdly, they're not buttoned up enough. They had punt blocks, fumbles, turnovers. The defensive miss mishaps, they're not buttoned up. Kansas City's not buttoned up. They're, they like I said, they have a lot of sizzle, but I don't know how I don't know how sustainable that sizzle is. They got a lot of flash. Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid. They got a lot of flash and glamour with them, and a lot of sizzle, but they they they're not. It, is it sustainable? They don't have those sustainable qualities. They don't run the football. They can't stop the run. I mean, their defense, it, their defense, it played well against New England, but we all know and we can all see with our eyes that New England's offense is bad. It is one of the worst in football, and it's probably the worst offense out of any playoff team, <laughs> I mean, can we uh, can we agree on that? That like this is probably the worst offense by with you know by playoff standards. So when when people say, "Oh, look at that," when the headline or the newspaper came out yesterday on after Sunday and they said, "Oh, the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs." Go up to Foxborough and end the Patriots' 21-game win streak. Oh, yeah. That headline is great. That headline. I, I, hey, Chiefs fans, they wake up to that headline? Oh, yeah. We can, we, we're Super Bowl bound. But I would not feel as comfortable. I saw a lot of things that Kansas City still needs to work on. And they can't. I don't know. I don't know how comfortable you would feel going back up to Foxborough again or playing the Patriots again. I don't know how comfortable you would comfortable you would feel happening to play Baltimore. I don't know how comfortable you would feel. You know, I look at look just look at the NFC. The NFC, you know, it's a lot of warm weather teams and dome teams that could possibly be in the playoffs. You got New Orleans, a dome team. 
Cowboys, a dome team. The Rams, a warm weather team. Uh, Seattle gets cold, but it's not like it's not like uh, northeastern weather where it's cold, it's windy, it's snowy. Seattle, that whole Pacific Northwest area gets a lot of rain and cold, but it don't get snow. It don't get. You don't see a lot of heavy snow in Seattle. You see a lot of rain, temperature drops, but not a lot of snow. You know, not a lot of snow. 49ers, warm weather team. Green Bay, now Green Bay, the weather gets cold and it can snow, but that's one team. If you look at, you know, if you look at these playoff teams, that can, these NFC playoff teams that can possibly make the playoffs with, with Rams, Vikings, Vikings is a dome team, uh, Seattle, don't get much snow, just a lot of rain sometimes. Uh, San Francisco, warm weather, not going to be that cold, not going to be that bitter, may rain. Dallas, dome team, Saints, dome team. Uh, you so you, the weather is not a, a, not a, not a, not a bad thing. But in the AFC, you got Baltimore, it gets cold. Trust me, <laughs> don't live too far. It gets it gets close it gets cold in the nation's capital and it gets cold out Baltimore. Basically, whatever is going on here in DC, it's most like it's most likely happening in Baltimore. If it's snowing in DC, it's probably snowing in Baltimore. And it gets cold. Trust me, it's by the water. It gets cold. New England, it gets cold. Kansas City, it it, it gets cold. It gets cold. Do you remember that Kansas City game last year, AFC Championship, a Arctic, a Arctic blast? You remember that? Yeah, Pittsburgh, it gets cold. You can't be throwing the football around. You can't be slinging the ball around. It's just not gonna work like that. It, 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 this is it, week fifteen, week sixteen, postseason football. It's time to picture. It's time. It's time to put your big boy pants on. If if you're Kansas City, it's time for you to put your big boy pants on. And now they can't run the Kansas City cannot run the ball. They often get dominated at the line of scrimmage. Kansas City all line often gets dominated when it's time to run the ball. They get dominated and get outmatched at the offensive at the line at the line of scrimmage. They often get pushed and and and, and outplayed in the on the line. So that's a problem for me. That's a problem. That's a problem. Because you gotta, you're going to have to be able to run the ball. You're going to have to be able to run the ball. Patrick Mahomes is not going to be able to throw the ball 50 times in Arctic blasts and in snow and sleet, rain, sleet, and uh, cold 20-degree weather. You're not, not going to be slinging the rock 20. You're not going to be slinging the rock in 20 degree weather, snow and rain, mix, a mixture of snow and rain. We get a lot of that here in the in the in the metropolitan area. We get a lot of mixture of snow and rain, 20 degrees. You're not gonna be able to throw the ball 40, 50 times in that. Trust me, you're not. You gotta be able to run the ball. Kansas City, they don't show an effectiveness of running the ball. 
that's that in that that's my problem with them and I I I look at I look at what I just keep continuing to look at what Kansas City does on defense. Yeah, their defense played well against New England, but once again, it's New England's offense. New England isn't very good offensively, so that's not much. But I worry, I worry about Kansas City. I worry about them, and that headline on the newspaper, or that hit, because people don't want the people. I guess people don't read the newspaper anymore, but. That headline you see on Bleacher Report, or that headline you see all over, plastered all over social media, that headline where you see Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs go up to Foxborough and snap the 21-game win streak that the Patriots... uh, Pretty headline, but this is why you got to watch the games, because if you watch that game in that second half... New England really controlled it and dominated it, and Kansas City couldn't move the ball. <laughs> Kansas City couldn't move the ball. That's why you, you that's why you gotta watch the games because I saw something completely different, you know, than what the than what the the score said. And I'm not saying Kansas City. And I, I want I don't and I don't want to um I don't want to bang on Kansas City after a win because they won. You gotta give them credit where credit is due. They did win. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not not don't not saying none of that. But what I am saying is, you know, you know, after a win like that, fans, players, the team tend to get up on themselves. They tend to think, oh yeah, we got this. But I want to I just want you to know, oh, you don't. You don't have this. Because I saw some glaring weaknesses and some glaring things. That need to be tweaked. And I don't know if they can be tweaked in order for you guys to get to the ultimate Super Bowl, the ultimate goal, which is the Super Bowl. Come on, Kansas City fans. I I, I don't want to bang on you guys after a win. You guys are coming on, you guys are coming along pretty well these last few weeks. But after a glaring loss, I mean after a glaring win like that, I did see some issues that that could be the could that could be the deciding factor whether or not whether or not the Chiefs get to the AFC Championship or the Chiefs win the Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl before they even win it. They have to get there first. Can you guys get there? And I saw some glaring weaknesses that need to be fixed because John Harbaugh will attack those weaknesses. Bill Belichick will damn sure. He'll damn sure attack those weaknesses the second time he see you. So, fix it. Get it together. That's all I'm saying. Now, with New Orleans. With New Orleans, okay. I don't want to hear Sean Payton. Uh, I don't want to hear him talk. And he said it himself. He He's not going to talk about officiating. But poor Saints. Poor Saints that, you know, the, the, the refs, you don't call pass interference on punts. On, 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 on you know on a punt, but if you're gonna go for it, why not go for it with your Hall of Fame quarterback? And I want to shift gears. Why not go for it with your Hall of Fame quarterback? Why not? If you're gonna if you're gonna go for it, and you, if you have the courage and the balls to go for it on fourth down, 
Why not do it with Drew Brees? Why not do it with Michael Thomas? Why not do it with Alvin Kamara? Your your best your 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 top three offensive guys. Why not do do it with them? I don't get I don't get I don't get why you fake a punt to go for it on fourth down and yeah there was contact made before the it was contact made on receiver before the ball got there. But why not just do it with your best guys? Why not do it? With Drew Brees. I, so I didn't get that play call. And this is my thing with New Orleans. This has always been my thing with New Orleans. Like last year. Oh, they didn't call the referees. Screw that. They didn't call the pass interference. Wait, 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 wait. Yes, it was a pass interference last year in the NFC Championship game. Yes, it was. It was a pass interference call. But it's still had an opportunity to win the game. You still had an opportunity to stop the set, to, to stop the Rams from scoring and forcing overtime. You still had a, you still had a, Drew Brees had an opportunity with the balls in his with the ball in his hand in overtime to win and score, score and win the game and advance his team to the Super Bowl. No, 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 he did not do that. He did not do that. He threw an interception. You still had a chance to stop the Rams from scoring and winning the game, and you didn't do so. So, how much do we blame on this? How much do we blame on the ref, refereeing and the officiating? And when are we going to start saying, Sean Payton, when, when are you going to make the right decision in these such crucial moments? When are we going to start saying, Sean Payton, you got to make a better decision? Sean Payton, what are you doing? When are we going to start saying that? When, when are we going to start taking accountability, making sure that people know, that coaches know that what they did was not smart? When are we going to start actually attempting to make the argument towards that point? When are we going to start saying that? Because, I mean, you know, the Saints, the 49ers play well. 49ers play well, and I picked them to win that game. I didn't think they were going to win it in that type of fashion. I didn't know I didn't know that many points were going to be scored. I did not know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know the 49ers defense was going to give up 46. But Jimmy G played well. I'm glad. I'm satisfied. 49ers won. I picked them. But when are we going to actually start saying, hey, Sean Payton, if you're going to go for it on fourth down, why not put the ball in your Hall of Fame quarterback hands instead of Tyson Hill? No disrespect to Tyson Hill, but he's no Drew Brees. He can do a lot of things, trust me. He can catch the ball. He can do it. He can, do, he can run it. He can do a lot of things. But why not put the ball in your hands of your Hall of Fame quarterback. Why not do that? You know, when are we going to start questioning Sean Payton instead of questioning the officiating? When are we going to start doing that? <laughs> have we, have, have anybody, has anybody thought about that? When are we going to start officiating, when are we going to start questioning Sean Payton instead of questioning the officiating? You know, the, the officials can only do but so much. The officials can only do but so much. And, hey, they're human as well. But 
Sean Payton has a duty. He has a job to make the right and the best possible decision for the New Orleans Saints at any given moment during a game. And these last few years, in big games, in big moments, he has failed to do so. And we has we have not, as the media, we have not questioned him enough. Or I haven't heard it. I haven't heard of it. Because after the Rams game, everybody, everybody's focus shifted towards, hey, the officials did not call the pass interference. New Orleans, the Saints whole organization did not they they shit their focus shifted. The rest cost us the game. But no, 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 no. The refs did not cost you the game. The refs didn't they missed the call. Yes, they did. They missed the call. Yeah. Yeah. That's what just about every referee does. They miss a call. They miss a call. Okay. You you, you keep playing. What happened to the Saints getting a stop? What happened to the Saints scoring in overtime to win? What, what, what we just forgot about that. We, 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 we just forgot about that. Or what, what happened to Sean Payton's play calling at that time? Why we, why was he throwing the ball? Why didn't he, why didn't he run it? The same thing here goes for here. Week fourteen, you know. A head-to-head matchup between the 49ers. This could possibly be this could possibly be a NFC Championship preview. And you know, we look back and we're like, oh, why did Sean Payne? I mean, he went for it, okay. But he went for it with his special teams unit. Why didn't he just go for it with his offense? And his offense was practically unstoppable because they had scored 46. But nobody, or I haven't heard it, but the media, us, we have yet to pose that question. We have yet to pose those questions. Why didn't the Saints stop nobody? Why didn't the Saints, um, why didn't, why didn't Sean Payne go for it with Drew Brees and give Drew Brees the ball? Why did he do that? But we don't pose those questions for some reason. I don't know. We don't pose those questions. <laughs> we don't pose those questions. But overall, between that 49ers and Saints game, that was a great game. Um, probably, you know, it's up there as far, as far as game of the year. It's up there. I mean, it's up there. It was very similar. Um, you know, some fans probably reminisced off of the Rams and Chiefs game on Monday Night Football of last year. A lot of points, a lot of yardage, a lot of touchdowns, very few incompletions. A lot. It was it was very similar and comparable to that game last year. Um, but it was one of those games where both teams played hard football, played without, I mean, just played their tails off. Both, it was just about who had the ball last. You know, Drew Brees was so efficient that he left too much time on the, on the clock for Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. That, that's how efficient and effective he was. He just left too much time. 
and Jimmy Garoppolo making courageous plays and giving it to, oh my gosh, just amazing, just an amazing game. It's just that game where whoever had the ball last was going to win. Just feeding J- George, I mean Kittle, I mean, oh my gosh, he just a he, Kittle's a monster. I've been saying that for, I've been saying that since season started. He's a monster. He's a he's a especially especially after after a tackle or after contact, he is a beast to take down. He's he's he he he's a problem to take down. But just a great game. Um, wouldn't mind seeing that again in the postseason. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't mind seeing that again. But I just want us to think about those questions before we just jump to conclusions about the officiating because officials. The officials, the zebras, <laughs> they're they're human. They, they they that's a part of their job. They're gonna they're gonna get some calls right on, and they're gonna absolutely miss some some calls. They're gonna miss some calls. That's just the way how it goes. They're human, but we have yet to pose questions to Sean Payton about his late game or his situational. Uh, decision making at times. At times. I'm not saying he's always a bad decision maker in crucial times. I'm not saying that. But I do have recent memory where he's been in some big moments in some big situations and he has not always made the right decision and put the Saints in the right position to win those games or to successfully convert fourth downs or situations where the game is possibly on the line. He is not in recent memory these last few seasons. We can even go back to the season, the, the postseason, the Saints lost to the Vikings in the NFC Divisional round. We can go back as far as that, as two years ago, where, where, where the Saints got blown coverage, Vikings scoring a Hail Mary, and the Vikings go on to the NFC Championship. We can talk about that. We can talk about his decision-making and what we have on the field at that time and moment. So just in recent history, he has struggled or he has had some questionable decisions that he has made in those situations and games. That's all I'm saying. Sean Payton is still probably a top-five coach in this league. I still like the Saints. They're one of my NFC favorites, but we do have to pose those questions because first, that's my job. Secondly, that's just the natural thing to do. Ask questions after something is mind-boggling or confusing or you just can't understand something. That's what you do. You ask questions. Don't understand why Sean Payton had his special teams group out there on the fourth down, where he knew he was going for it, why not just put it in your Hall of Fame quarterback, who at that t- point in time was very, very hot? Just saying. Just a question. Just, just that's just a thought of mine. I'll be back for the next segment.
Okay, so I'm back. I'm back. Um, don't get me wrong. I like Kansas City, and as of right now, I think Kansas City is the best. It's the second best. Excuse me, the second best AFC team. But I think they left a little bit more meat on the bone in that in that New England game. I felt they could have like really took it to New England and really showed New England how much better they were than New England. And they didn't do that. They didn't do that. So that for me was a cause for pause. I think they, um, I think they left a lot of meat on the bone and left and left a lot to be desired. Just my, just my stance. But I want to get to the Odell Beckham and Cleveland situation. <sighs> First of all, if you thought this Odell thing was gonna work with Baker and all this talent, first of all. You I, you I, you had you guys have me on record. I was question I was very questionable about this Odell move and how it would affect this locker room and how it now plays. What how how do these guys react to his his move and now his role? Because Odell we know is a megastar. Odell's a superstar wide receiver who's also worried and about. He was also worried. And he's trying to build his brand, a brand that's already big, that's already big and popular. And Cleveland, I mean, coming into this year, this season, they had two good running backs already. They had David Njoku, a young, nice receiver, a, nice, a young, nice tight end. They had Jarvis Landry, who's a number one. I, 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 I didn't feel the need for. I didn't need. I didn't feel the need for Cleveland to trade for Odell. So I never saw how that mixture would work out. Um I I I just didn't see them I didn't see that as a need. I always say I always say these these guys are the icing. Receivers are the icing to the cake. They're the icing. They're the icing to the cake. You know, sometimes you don't need icing on the cake, sometimes you do. Uh I didn't think the Cleveland Browns needed a, a Odell, and they traded him. They traded for him. They they traded a couple other guys for they they, tra- they traded their best their best offensive lineman away. And what's been the main offensive issue for the Browns this year? Pass protection. They haven't had the the, the they haven't had the right pass protection all throughout this year. They have not had the right Pass prote- protection. They have not made. They have not made the right decisions, and this is a continuous theme with Cleveland. It's a continuous theme with Cleveland not making the right decision, not making the right move when it comes to building and putting together a team. With them, Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens. They hide. They promoted Freddie Kitchens. He went from a quarterback coach to a coordinator to a coach. And a year, in month, in a few months, they whiffed on that. And now, with Lamar, with the sudden arise and the sudden emergence of Lamar Jackson in your own division, and with Baker Mayfield being the same exact draft as Lamar Jackson, and you gotta face this boy, you gotta face this kid two times a year now. And you're, he's in your own division, and you gotta face him two times a year. And with his maturity, with his athleticism, with his talent, with his accuracy, now 
it makes Baker looks even worse. It makes him look even worse. And I'm not saying Baker's not bad because I don't think his numbers this year are bad. His numbers this year are bad. He, he He's second in the league in, in, in interceptions behind Jameis Winston. It's kind of hard to top him. Um, Baker, complete percentage, low. Pass rating, low. Haven't thrown many touchdowns. It, 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 Baker looks bad this year, but I don't think he's this bad. But with the sudden emergence of Lamar Jackson and him coming into superstardom, I should say, it makes Baker look bad. It makes Baker look worse than what he is. And then he goes on. And I just think the kid is too cocky. I think Baker is too cocky. I mean, Lamar and Baker are just sudden opposites. One's athletic, one's not. One's talented, that's like really talented and gifted, one's not. That's Baker. Baker, Lamar Jackson is humble, Baker is cocky. I mean, they're night and day. They're night and day, and I don't get why the kid is so cocky. Baker is so cocky. He went, he, he, he put the training staff on blast. He put Cleveland's training staff on blast. As the quarterback, as the franchise guy of a multi-million, billion-dollar company, you post those are supposed to be your buddies. Those are supposed to be your guys. They are the those those are the those are the guys that are responsible and get they get paid to make sure your your body is operable on a week in week out basis. And he's calling these guys out. Those are supposed to be your best buds in the locker room. And I feel like he's losing the locker room. And John Dorsey, as the Cleveland as Cleveland's GM, has to do better. You you have to do better. First, you, you you made the right you made the wrong coaching move. Second, you traded for Odell. Yeah, he's he's the he he's the sports car. But what happens in the winter? What happens in the in the cold? What happens when it snows? What happens in bad weather? You can't you can't drive that sports car. That's exactly what's going on. He you you you, you traded for Odell. I don't know why you did that. You already had a lot of offensive weapons. You already had talent. You had a load of talent on offense. Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. You had nice slot receivers. David Njoku, who's an emerging tight end in this league. And Jarvis Landry, who's a number one. You you had you had weapons already laid out. And then you trade Odell. And then you trade other guys. And you trade your left tackle away. Your, I mean, not your left tackle. But you trade your best offensive lineman, and your main problem this year on the offensive side of the ball was pass protection. And you traded away, you traded away your best lineman. How do you do that? You traded away your best lineman. I can't fathom that. I can't put that together. And now with Lamar looking as good as he's looking, and he has the MVP, you know, award on lock. It's making Baker as the number one pick in that same draft look bad. So John Dorsey overall is looking bad right now. And Baker, you don't come for guys like you don't come for the training staff. You don't come for the medical team. You don't do that. I mean, it seems like anytime Baker has a chance to spill and talk and answer to the press when the questions are being asked. He just goes off script and it's he he spills blasphemy. He he spills rhetoric. 
His, I mean, what, the things that he say are bad, and it does not make sense, and it's not cool. It's not cool, and it's it doesn't show the brother the brotherhood of the league. It really doesn't. It really doesn't, and that is a problem. And John Dorsey right now is looking bad. He's looking bad. But that's Cleveland's situation. What do we expect from the Browns? But I want to hit on something about, because, you know, so the NFL has the Patriots under investigation. I don't want to be long with this. They have the NF. They have the Patriots under investigation for uh, taping, recording the Cincinnati and Browns game, and apparently the Patriots have a documentary that's being filmed and put together. Um, you know, describing their champion, their dynasty, basically giving us insight in how their their dominance and their dynasty. And the NFL, the guy who was recording and taping the Cincinnati and Browns game, he had Patriots uh, gear on, paraphernalia on. You know, he was out in the open in the press, and he was in the press box filming. So this is my thing. And you either love him or hate him. I'm not here to persuade you because I feel like. At least 75% of the country think that the Patriots, they only win because they cheat. I, I, I don't, I, now, me personally, I don't think that. In my, my opinion, I don't think that. Um, if you go, if you can, you can go back and review some of those things that, uh, that, ha, that, that they have been under investigation of. Uh, I don't, I don't tend to think that, that they cheat the win, and that's the reason why they have six Super Bowls? No. I don't think that's the reason why. I, 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 I don't think that's the reason why. But I'm sure more than, I'm sure half of the country, if not more than half of the country, feel, feel as that the Patriots cheat, and that's, that, and that is the way how they, they that's, that's the result of them winning six Super Bowls. Them, due, due to them cheating. I don't think so. But, I'm not here to persuade you, but it's similar to what our president is going through right now. Uh, Fox, 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 you know, they have, since President Trump has been elected and he's taken office, Fox have been backing him and they've been in his corner and they've been per- trying to persuade some of, some, of, some of America, hey, this president is good. And we need to back him. And other news channels, Fox, you know, Fox competitors have been pushing since since Trump has entered office that this president is not it. This president is bad. So it's just two different perspectives and two and two sides that have already have come to a conclusion. Either if it's Fox, when he got elected, that they're going to be with Donald Trump until his term ends. And it's the other competitors and news channels that are totally against Trump. And they think, they think he is the worst thing to happen to the U.S. I'm not here to persuade you that... To, I'm not here to persuade you that New England is not cheating. But this is just what I think personally. 
I don't think Bill Belichick is dumb enough. I don't think I think he's smart enough to if he wanted to cheat, he would do it discreetly, and he wouldn't have a camera guy or a cam a dude camera a bunch of cameras and set and films. I don't think he would have him in New England paraphernalia in a press box trying to get Cincinnati tape. First of all, do the do do the Patriots need tape from the Cincinnati game to beat Cincinnati? Do you think that's going to be the determining factor this Sunday, whether or not the Patriots beat the Bengals? No, hell no. That's not going to be the determining factor. The determining factor of the of Sunday's game against the Cincinnati Bengals and the Patriots is going to be that the Patriots are a playoff team and they're just superior than the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Bengals are inferior to the Patriots, and the Cincinnati Bengals are going to lose. That's just the way it is. And the Bengals are just not as good as the Patriots. That's going to be the determining factor. The determining factor is not going to be what the guy got on tape. And who the guy that, apparently the guy who was filming the game, was filming the game, um, he was off the documentary crew, and Belichick had no insight of him recording. So, I, I no, I don't think they. I don't think the Patriots cheat. If you dig deep into Spygate, Spygate, uh, the NFL was very lenient. They were very. They were. They weren't as aggressive. Um, they didn't come down aggressive as far as Spygate because every team does it. Every team tries to gain uh, advantage. Every team has tape and film and film practices of of, of teams. Every team has it. Every team tries their best to gain an advantage. Uh, every team t- does it. And then Deflategate, that wasn't necessarily the Patriots. That was Tom Brady. That was Tom Brady's individual incident because he's the quarterback. He's the one that deals with the footballs. But Deflategate wasn't on Bill Belichick and, Brady, and, and the Patriots. That was on Brady. So, you guys, hey, I'm sure that people of Boston... The people near Vermont, New Jersey, Delaware, I'm sure those regions that are Patriot heavy, I'm sure they believe Belichick, and I'm sure they believe that the Patriots don't cheat. And then probably the rest of the country think the Patriots cheat, but that's just what comes with success. I don't think New England cheats, but some may tend to think that New England cheats to win. I'm not here to argue that. I'm not here to persuade people. But just with the facts that I am giving and what I believe Belichick to be, who I think he's smart enough that he wouldn't cheat in that form or fashion, he wouldn't make it that obvious. I just don't think, I just can't fathom him thinking and him coming up with a plan like this to cheat if he wanted to cheat. Even though I don't think he cheats. Every team in the NFL, all 32 teams in the NFL, try to try to gain uh, an advantage any kind of way. It's just as simple as that. So, please. I mean, neither persuade you. But me personally, I don't think the Patriots cheat. I'll be back.
So here go, so here go some of my last thoughts um, that I'm going to give you guys. I've started to do this when I, my, my last thoughts. Um, at the end of the last segment, I'm going to give you my last thoughts. First, Philly won last night. Um, good for them. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. I still like him. Talent-wise, he is a phenomenal talent. Uh, this year, he has struggled to make the easy throws. And I know, you know, his receivers, he, he catches a lot of blame for his lack of leadership. And that I agree with. Um, I agree that his leadership and him being able to galvanize the troops at certain times and points of the season or games, he has lacked to do that. And I, that is a question mark about himself, him um, him and his leadership skills and qualities. He has uh, he, he has his questions that he has to answer. But as a talent, uh, with the mobility, his size, measurables, throwing strength and accuracy, arm, he has it. He has it. And I, th I just think he has to get the deep threats. I think Philly have to be able to uh, surround him with some deep threats so uh, he can be more effective. Because look at this. Uh, Carson. This is Carson Wentz numbers with a deep threat, which is... Tor either Tory Smith, who they had, or Deshaun Jackson, who they had earlier this year. This this is his numbers with those guys with deep threats, quote unquote. Yards per yard per pass, seven point four. That's good. Uh, Vegas takes account into that. That's that's a good stat to keep in mind. That's a great stat. Twenty two touchdowns to three interceptions. With a passer rating of a hundred point nine, so that's elite. That that he when Carson Wentz have deep threats, he looks elite, and he can turn back the clock. The clock where we say, oh, that is the Carson Wentz that the first that Super Bowl year, those first twelve to thirteen games, he was the league's MVP. Yeah, those those numbers, and this is numbers without a deep threat. Six point nine. 6.9 yards per plat, per pass, 61 touchdowns to 29 touchdowns to 29 interceptions, and a 90.4 pass rating. So you so you see two different guys. Those numbers are not bad, but it's certainly a step or two down from the numbers I've read you with the deep threats. So we we see the trend. When he has deep threats and when he's able to throw the ball down the field and stretch the field and use his arm talent, he he automatically, with his talent and his size, his IQ, he automatically becomes somewhat of elite, uh, uh, an elite quarterback. But when he doesn't have those represent weapons, those deep threats down the field, he becomes somewhat... Close to average, a little above average. That's what he is. And I think that's what he has. They need deep threats. They need deep threats. So I think they have to get that for him. In order for him to be successful, in order for him to live out that max contract, they have to get him deep threats or these guys have to stay healthy. Um, so that's my that's that's my one of my last thoughts. Um uh, another thing is New England. New England has lost now to three teams in the AFC that that can actually that they actually can meet up with. They have lost to Baltimore, 
They have lost to Kansas City. They have lost to Houston. Three teams that are really good, that are probably going to make the playoffs, and that three teams that can possibly face New England in the postseason. Not a good sign for New England, but it can be a good sign for New England as well. That'll be the second time New England see those teams. And we know what Belichick can do schematically when he sees you for the multiple, for the second or third time. We know what he can do. But I do have my issues with New England and their offense. It is, it's bearing on me. And that's the reason why I really can't see them going to the Super Bowl or winning the Super Bowl. That is the reason why. Um, so that is the, those are my last thoughts. Um, Dallas also looking at Urban Meyer. I'm not sure whether whether or not they uh, they according to his according to Jerry they haven't talked they haven't spoken to no possible coaching candidates. So that we got to be on the lookout for that. That is a big issue. Um, so thank you guys for listening. I'm out. Uh, keep on clicking. You guys are doing a good job of clicking. Road to 1K, Road to 1K. Remember, I said we're trying to get to a thousand monthly, thousand average listeners before the year is out. I'm going to have a top ten list, uh, some type of compiled list, ready to give um, on the next episode. But thank you guys for listening. Um, deuces. I'm out. Gone. Peace. Adios.